Welcome to The Naked Truth. Peace to you. We are at the book of Deuteronomy, fifth book in the Bible, and we're up to chapter 19. We are almost through this book. I'd say just about two-thirds of the way there. Um, Thanks for sticking with me. Let's begin with verse 1. When the Lord your God has cut off the nations whose land the Lord your God is giving you, and you dispossess them and dwell in their cities and in their houses, this is Moses addressing the congregation as they're on the cusp of entering the promised land um but the promised land is already occupied by plenty of other people other nations of people so what they're really going to do is going into that area to massacre and colonize it and moses is letting them know giving them their marching orders as far as how they're going to behave what they're to abide by once they get there verse two you shall separate three cities for yourself in the midst of Your land, which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. So they keep saying it's the Lord God giving them the land. Who gave the people who were there before the land? Um, Why would the Lord give it to them? Why wouldn't the Lord have just given it to these people before those others even got there? Or have another land for those people to go to? Or, well, it's the same mentality, the same rationale used for stealing and taking other people's property and claiming it as your own and calling it colonization that uh, America was established with. Verse 3 um, with the, the idea that God gives you the right to steal and take it and massacre the people who live there uh, already and just take it for yourself even though there's orders that thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill it, you know, it gets ignored when I guess thou shalt occupy and colonize verse 3 you shall prepare roads for yourself and divide it and divide into three parts the territory of your land which the lord your god is giving you to inherit that any manslayer may flee there so that manifest destiny idea that you can go and take something that's not yours because the lord gave you the rights to it is what's being laid out here for the people uh in this uh this at this point in the narrative and so they're also being told to set up uh, cities of refuge, as they call them, for the manslayer. In modern terms, it would seem to me it'd be, I don't know, there is an equivalent in modern terms. Because um, you can still go to prison for manslaughter, it seems, in this, um, in, the, in the story here. If you are guilty of manslaughter, you won't get locked up for it. But instead, you have to be confined to... A certain area it says cities so whole could you imagine whole cities full of people who've committed murder or who I should say who've killed people whole city of killers but who've only killed people accidentally or under the terms of manslaughter as they're called so it's not quite the same thing as being in a city full of cold-blooded killers but it's being in a city full of people who've taken lives it's doesn't seem like it's too far off from that um, but it's what they're is what the people are being told to do set up areas for people who whole cities so there must be a whole lot of manslaughter going on for you to need a whole city for that but it's saying not just one city but set up several cities for the people who are guilty of manslaughter to be able to go and live there verse four and this is the case of the manslayer who flees there that he may live whoever kills his neighbor unintentionally not having hated him in time past so it's saying that there's no enmity between the victim and the killer the because it's saying it's killing it's not they're not calling anything else they're calling it killing because that's what it is you're taking a life that's killing 
Um, so it's, it, but apparently, like I said, there has to be a whole lot of that going on for you to need a whole city for that. Uh, not just one city, but that's what it says. So that if you're guilty of that manslaughter, you can still have your freedom, but it it's confined to living in that city. And, it's, and then you get your freedom once the high priest who was alive when you committed the crime or were found guilty of the crime once that high priest dies then you're free to leave the confines of that city if i remember the regulations right let's see verse five as when a man goes in the woods and his neighbor to cut i'm sorry as when a man goes into the woods with his neighbor to cut timber and his hand swings at a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree and the head slips from the handle and strikes his neighbor so that he dies he shall flee to one of these cities and live so um there is an example of the manslaughter would be that if you're you and your neighbor are lumberjacks going out to get some wood and the axe heads accidentally slips off of the axe and kills your neighbor who went out there with you then that's considered manslaughter because there was no enmity you didn't do it on purpose it was an accident um so that if that's the case then you have to go to that city of refuge where the manslayer or the the uh, avenger of blood as they call it or in modern terms it would be the law and the death penalty would be the avenger of blood would um, not go after you'd have immunity from that if you go to that city of refuge verse 6 lest the avenger of blood while his anger is hot pursue the manslayer and overtake him because the way is long and kill him though he was not deserving of death since he had not hated the victim in time past so moses is saying that since it was an accidental killing that it's that's not worthy of the death penalty although saying the wrong thing is worthy of the death penalty we've read that leaving the religion is worthy of the death penalty we've read that uh, making an offering at the wrong time or the wrong person making the offering is guilty is death penalty worthy we've read that but accidentally killing your neighbor no that's not worthy of the death penalty even though there's someone dead um that's uh, so you get to flee to that area you get that city of refuge is where you get to go um and it's saying that uh, those cities have to be set up that way in these area in those different areas just in case the city of refuge is too far for the person who committed the manslaughter to go to and i mean as far as the manslaughter thing it makes sense if it's unintentional killing that it wouldn't be the same sentence as someone who say kneeled on someone's neck for almost 10 minutes and murdered them or the three people who stood around paid to stop such things but stood around and watched it and helped even holding down the victim and you yet you see in the case of George Floyd the other three officers sworn to protect and serve helped murder someone on video and didn't even get 5 years in prison it's 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 disgusting but it's the american justice system that pretends to be god-fearing and Christian verse 7 therefore I command you saying you shall separate three cities for yourself so again there must be a whole lot of manslaughter going on a whole lot of accidental killing going on if you need three whole cities for um, people who are just uh, guilty of manslaughter um, but also as I think it has to do with uh, the, it's a large area I mean not that the area that we call Israel and Palestine what they called Canaan back then is so large it's not like it's uh, 
a country uh, like the size of the United States or something, but it's um, it is far enough that if you're on foot, you aren't going to want to walk to it from north to south or east to west to get to where you have to get to. So I guess that's probably why the three cities are set up that way for um, people to be able to flee to so that they're dispersed around the whole area, I guess. Verse 8, now if the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he swore to your fathers and gives you the land which he promised to give your fathers, give to your fathers. So Moses is making a contingency statement here that if the um, uh, um, manifest destiny materializes and manifests that you actually do, they actually do make it to the promised land and even get even more land verse 9 and if you keep all these commandments and do them which i command you today to love the lord your god and to walk always in his ways then you shall add three more cities for yourself besides these three so again so you need not just the three cities you need even more three more so six cities in um total for just the manslaughter cases the people who are found guilty of that um, so it must be a whole lot of accidental killing going on. Or I guess there's a lot of loose axe heads. They just keep flying off and hitting people. In modern terms, I would think of it, the thing that keeps flying off that's metal and killing people are these guns. So if someone accidentally shoots someone, uh, it would be the modern equivalent, I would think, then they're to flee to that city of refuge. Um, but this is way back then, and this is that part of the world. So surely people wouldn't be trying to apply that to modern times verse 10 lest innocent blood be shed in the midst of your land which the lord your god has given you as an inheritance and thus guilt of bloodshed be upon you so uh, moses is saying if you kill someone if the death penalty is given to someone who's only guilty of manslaughter because it's an accidental death then what you're doing is actually causing blood guilt to be on the whole land for taking killer's blood because the killer accidentally and didn't intentionally kill someone if you turn around and give them the death penalty then that's guilt being put on you so that's america america puts to death and has put to death its statistics will show you many 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 people who are have been on death penalty i mean on the on death row um and that's just in modern times imagine all the black people the enslaved people who were murdered lynched and the whole neighborhood the whole city came out and had a festival for it it's disgusting but it's american history and it's also blood guilt being put on this country for doing that shedding innocent blood you can't escape it and as, as long as people pretend like it didn't happen refuse to let people know it did happen and even worse deny the reparations to the people and the descendants of the people who it happened to you can't expect that blood guilt to go anywhere but it's to keep calling out and manifesting itself on the people who are guilty of it america verse 11 and other countries that helped and that took part in the slave uh, uh um what's the right word uh, atrocities verse 11 but if anyone hates his neighbor lies in wait for him rises against him and strikes him mortally so that he dies and he flees to one of these cities so now they've gone we've gone through the pre in these previous verses what an accidental death is a, an, an, an unintentional killing is so moses is, is saying now but if someone does it on the on if someone does it intentionally like premeditates and lay, uh, lies in wait to kill someone 
here's what you do. Verse 12, Then the elders of his city shall send and bring him from there and deliver him over to the hand of the avenger of blood that he may die. So if someone is a murderer, you know, action, if someone kills someone intentionally, that seems to be the line between murder and killer, murderer and killer um, is the intent. So if someone does it intentionally and tries to go to one of those cities of refuge where only manslaughter uh, uh, people, manslayers as they're called, are to be sentenced to, if someone goes there who's a murderer, deliberately killing people goes there, then they're to, to be taken into custody and delivered over to the hand of the death penalty. That's what the avenger of blood is, avenging the blood that was shed. And in modern terms, that would be the death penalty. So if you catch someone who's intentionally murdered someone in that free area, it's not free, semi-free city, those cities of refuge, if you catch them there, then they're allowed to take them into custody and hand them over to for the death penalty to be carried out on them. Verse 13, that's what the Avenger of Blood is about. Verse 13, your eyes shall not pity him, but you shall put away the guilt of innocent blood from Israel, that it may go well with you. So Moses is saying in handling the murders and manslaughters that way, the uh the blood guilt is handled. It's um, it's reconciled so that it's not going to keep cropping up and haunting the people who are guilty of it, the nation that is guilty of it. Verse 14, you shall not remove your neighbor's landmark, which the men of old have set in your inheritance, which you will inherit in the land that the Lord your God has given you to possess. So um, it's talking about property boundaries, you know, boundary markers and all of that. That you're not to move those. I mean, and it would make sense. Why it's theft, it's stealing, but so is this manifest destiny stuff. People set up their boundaries there, and they're going in to massacre the people who live there and colonize their land. But there's at the same time being given the orders to not do that to each other. Once you set up and take the land that uh, you've colonized, then you can set a landmark there, and they're giving orders not to remove it, not to move it to let that new landmark um, let respect that landmark but not to respect the landmark of the people who were there before you verse 15 one witness shall not rise against a man concerning any any iniquity or any sin that he commits by the mouth of two or three witnesses the matter shall be established so um that gets brought up again and again throughout the bible and even into the time of the gospels when jesus's ministry is uh where jesus ministry is documented where the two or three witnesses is sort of a, a standard for the legal system to find uh to be sufficient for someone to be guilty of something that's why for instance with the crucifixion they were looking for witnesses to try and um testifies the the blasphemies that they accused Jesus of and like it says in the gospels many witnesses came forward but their testimonies didn't agree uh, meaning they were false witnesses and it even tells us that that's what the religious leaders were looking for they weren't looking for factual testimony they weren't looking for true witnesses they it says specifically they were looking for false witnesses sick 
uh, verse 16, if a false witness rises against any man to testify against him of wrongdoing. Oh, wow. What I was just talking about. It, that happens in the Gospels. Now, before we even read what happens, because I haven't read it myself now, I'm wondering if whatever it calls for to happen to those false witnesses is what the religion did in the New Testament after they bore false witness, gave false testimony against Jesus just before the crucifixion. Let's see. Verse 17. Then both men in the controversy shall stand before the Lord, before the priests, and the judges who serve in those days. So, so far, yeah, they called those false witnesses with Jesus at Jesus' trial uh, during the uh, just before the crucifixion. So that part, yes, that happened. Let's see, verse 18. And the judges shall make careful inquiry. And indeed, if the witness is a false witness who has testified falsely against his brother. Okay, so we know they were false witnesses. One, because their testimonies didn't agree. And two, because it says that's what the religious leaders were looking for. They were looking for false witnesses. So then what happens to them if they did such a thing? Verse 19, then you shall do to him as he thought to have done to his brother. So you shall put away the evil from among you. Well, we know they didn't do that. They didn't crucify those false witnesses at Jesus, at Jesus' trial. Didn't crucify the priests who solicited the false witnesses at the trial. Um, so we know people aren't, they didn't adhere to that back then any more than they adhere to it now in this God-fearing Christian nation. In modern times, you saw the previous president went through two impeachment trials and witnesses were denied, the, the uh, witnesses repeatedly denied the subpoenas to even appear in the trial and no one held them to task for that. Were they taken into custody until they cooperated? Were they compelled to testify? Were they treated as hostile witnesses? No, they didn't do any of that. The Democrats, not even the Republicans, the Republicans were all aboard for the wickedness, the lies, and everything that the previous administration did. They have no problem with it. But the Democrats are the ones who managed the impeachment trials and didn't bother to compel the witnesses to testify, didn't bother to lock up the subpoenaed witnesses until they cooperated with the with the uh, trial. Didn't do that at all. And instead just kept rolling so that people think so that the false narrative that it's all uh, uh, a sham trial gets to live on so that the previous president, who's not even on their same political in their same political party could escape all those uh crime escape all the punishments for those things he was accused of things he by the way bragged about and even was caught doing and even were televised and yet we pretend to be a god-fearing christian nation verse um 20 and those who remain shall hear and fear and hereafter they shall not again commit such evil among you. So it's being called plain and simple evil to bear false witness against people, uh, especially in something like a manslaughter or murder. You could cost someone their life. That's what the Avenger of Blood is about. And yet, uh, you see, that's not what they did back then, and that's not what people do now. If, this, if they were faithful to what their own religion is telling them to do, when Jesus is, when the false witnesses who came forward at Jesus' trial came forward, they should have immediately been crucified. They should be facing the same punishment they were looking to have Jesus face. Yeah, you know, they didn't do that. And just like that, 
it, the January 6th is a good example of that. Those people chanting that they're patriots and they want to hang the vice president because he's being treasonous and seditious against the cause, against the nation. But once, they're, once they were caught, the few that were caught, because many, most of them were let go, they weren't arrested, they weren't rounded up, they weren't beaten or hosed or shot at or the National Guard or Army being called out against them at all. None of that happened to them. They were allowed to leave and only a small portion of them have even faced trials since then. And yet, and even the trials they're facing, they're not receiving the same punishments. They were out chanting that other people should get. So why aren't they being hung or uh, 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 facing the death penalty or all before a shooting squad or firing squad why aren't they facing those same things that they were looking for other people uh, to face for the things they're doing the same projection that they put on other people they know they weren't going to get those same punishments and no one's calling for them to get those same punishments on a national level so then why be surprised when it just reforms and pops up again it's it's because it's not intentionally it's intentionally not being handled uh, again, if you ma- imagine if it were Black Lives Matter, and even if it weren't Black Lives Matter, if it was anybody with a complexion darker than the people who were the majority of the people on January 6th, it would have been a totally different outcome. The news would still be talking about it now, and they'd still, they would have gone after every single person in the crowd, not allowed the majority to just go home. It's disgusting, but it's America, and it's not God-fearing, and it's not Christian, and doesn't even align with what the Bible says in the Old Testament or the New. It's not putting the evil away from among you. Instead, it's letting the evil remain, giving the evil um, a house. It's disgusting. Verse 20, and those who remain, uh, I think we read that, shall hear in fear. Let's see. Yeah, we did. So verse 21, your eyes shall not pity Life shall be for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. So that's the whole eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth argument that if someone does you wrong, you can do them wrong right back. Um, that's right here in the Bible, says you can do it, but that's not what Jesus says. So if you're a Christian, you have a choice. You either go by what someone else says just because it's in the Bible, which is usually a good reason to abide by it. Or if you're a Christian, go by what Jesus says, since that also is in the Bible. So you don't have to wonder, well, what would Jesus do? Jesus tells you what to do. He tells you, turn the other cheek. And yet people who say they're Christians will lean into this. Oh, it's okay for me to get revenge on somebody because it says an eye for an eye. Yeah, it does. But that means you're not actually being um, a Christian at all. You're not following what Christ tells you to do at all. And I'm not saying it's easy to turn the other cheek or not want revenge. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, if you're going to say you're a Christian, then isn't it, isn't the things Christ says, aren't the things Christ says, the things that are supposed to rule your behavior, or at least inform your behavior? Even if you choose to go against it, you still, if you're a Christian, what Jesus Christ says should be the barometer. Even if other stuff in the Bible like this contradicts it, you have a choice. Um, but this is the last verse in this chapter, so that's where we'll read, where we'll end this reading. As always, thank you again for joining me, and I hope you'll join me for the Naked Truth again. Stay safe. God bless you. I love you. Peace be with you. I'll see you next time.